Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. 9 o'clock hour is here on this foggy, dense fog advisory all morning long, Tuesday morning. Be careful out there, folks. As it's gotten lighter, it's still pretty darn foggy. It is foggy out there still. Such weird weather we've been dealing with. Yeah. Ice cold. Now it's going to be in the 50s, maybe 60s today, and now the rains. It's January, you know. It's all right. Yeah, we need some, uh, we can use some different seasons. It's okay. No, I'm cool with that. As long as it's not freezing cold, I'm cool. And it hasn't been freezing cold. And as long as we don't get the freezing cold plus the rain, I'm good. When you combine them, then we got some, some major issues. We haven't had them together, so we're all right. I'll deal with the freezing, I'll deal with the rain. As long as they're separate, I just don't want them together. All right, we're talking in uh, off the record, right about Sports Illustrated. I just sent Ty two two covers that I took pictures of. Nolan Ryan with the cover Texas Heat, Texas Heat, uh, which is pretty cool. He's pitching for the Rangers and throwing downhill. Let's see what year this is. This was 1989, May of 1989. And then I also sent him one uh, with the cover of Tom Kite, Tom Kite, Lifetime hey, Longhorn on the cover. Uh, Tom Kite wins a windswept U.S. Open, which came in. Uh, gosh, let's find the date on that. So we'll put those out. As I said, this was. Uh, 1992, so we'll put out a cover cover each morning or a couple covers each morning just for fun for the next few weeks as uh, we pay tribute to Sports Illustrated, which uh, helped shape my sports fandom for sure, and I know a lot of us, and now it's uh, it's going away, which is unfortunate. End of an uh, era. Going the way of the pay phone, Rod, because you and I grew up with pay phones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Some things are more of a burden than a benefit to society. Pay phones, the penny. Magazines, printed, printed porn. These things, uh, there's no longer use for them anymore. No, we don't no, need rotary them dialed phones. Yeah, you don't need those things anymore. You know the the yellow pages. Yeah, know. what is a phone book? You don't need the yellow pages. How about this anymore? mirrors in bathrooms. Right? Mirrors in in school bathrooms. Right, going away. Why? A middle school in North Carolina removed all of its bathroom mirrors because because kids were going to the bathroom and using the mirrors to film TikTok videos. But there's still another use for the mirrors. <laughs> I need to be able to see myself so I can, you know. They used make... to worry about smoking in the boys' room. Now it's mirrors and TikTok videos. Well, what do I do if I actually need to fix something on my face Your or something in my nose or <laughs> something like that? What if I actually need to get something, you know, like wash my face or something? What? Uh, that, what? Nope. No more mirrors. Why not address the issue of the phones? <laughs> In the schools that are all, that are causing, you know what I mean? That's why the kids I gotta, are. I got to check my fade here. Yeah, that's why they're, they're trying to become influencers and they're in the bathrooms, you know, filming TikTok videos. Take away the phone and we can keep the mirror. The mirror was fine for years, for decades. The mirror was there and was not bothering anybody. And now the mirror has to be taken away because we can't take the phones away. Correct. So the mirror's got to go away. And something's wrong with I think you guys. should take the phone away. Take the phone away. Just for a while. You can have it right back. After you're done no with school. No phones in the bathroom. But how about no phones? I mean, no phones are, in the bathroom, but no the phones. School, I don't know if we can afford this. I know we can't, but, you know, it would be like the, the creepy guy at the strip club who's handing out mints and washing your hands and towels. <laughs> have that person in the bathroom. Yeah, give, me <laughs> give me your phone. Give me your phone. Give me your phone. I know. But phone, <laughs> po- bathroom monitors. <laughs> I never understood that guy at the strip club, by the way. Or the um, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's like a I never, or something? I've never bought anything from that guy. I've never gotten cologne or gum or anything and from the dude in the bathroom. You almost feel bad if you don't give him, you know, he's giving you the towel or something. Or You got a tip just to go to the bathroom, though? Come on, man. You got a tip just to go to the bathroom? 
I know the guy. Now the guy's a hard job. Trust me, I don't want to be in oh, a, a public bathroom any longer than I have to be. And his job is to stay in the public bathroom. So guy's got a tough job. So I'm, I got a lot of respect for him. But I, don't, I feel guilty having to tip just to go into the bathroom. That's what you feel. You feel guilty. You walk in there and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" He starts spraying you as soon as you walk in. Hey, you back cologne. it up. You got cologne on. <laughs> like, you know what I mean, man? I'm good. I don't need no cologne. What's up, brother? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. I don't need a mint. Do you I need a mint? Maybe trying, I need a mint. He's trying to talk to you while you're at the urinal. He's cigarettes, like, though. They do. They have some cigarettes for you. That's true. They do. I'm trying to think. Because I don't frequent strip clubs, but they, they also were, there were some other places that had guys like that. They, yeah. There's all the bars in New Orleans have them for the most part. Oh, really? I mean, some of the, like, it, the bars you would not expect there to be. What are they called? What, what's the actual word for that person, though? You're right. There is a word for him. I forgot what yeah. it is, but I, I was in yeah. the, the beach. Like pedophile. The beach yeah, no, in it New is, Orleans it on Bourbon Street, pervert. and they had three of those guys in their bathroom, and that's like a college <laughs> he said bar. He sells drugs. He's selling yeah, drugs, that, y'all. That too. Yeah. Is it a drug front? I've never bought drugs from them either. I'll admit that. I've never. They've never offered me drugs. That's a great place to sell drugs if they're doing that. That's that's a great spot for it. But I've never. I've never bought jokes to a guy, never, and I've never that's been offered. I assume that with the ice cream man is these days. You know, yeah. they're, they're, you're the guy going around with the ice cream is selling weed, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ice cream man. <laughs> that would make sense. If you see any, too many adults going out there, I guess, sure. then, you know, you're like, oh. oh he's, he's, he's hanging around the construction site. Hey, what are we doing? Yeah. We're going to pop and some. Yeah. That's one of those jobs I'm, I'm surprised that's still, you know, it's still a job. That is still a profession. The, the guy that has to sit in the bathroom. He says, come on, Rod B. Bathroom attendant. Kids use their phone as a mirror these days. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, that is true, by the way. I kids guess you do. don't need to do I guess you're old school. So I'm thinking about, hey, I use the mirror. But you're right. Kids, That's like, what kids do. They, I don't use a phone for a mirror. I actually either. use mirrors. But you're right. Good point. I didn't think about that. New generation. Why, why, why do they have the phones in school, though? Isn't that, isn't that all? Isn't most of the issues related to the kids having the phones yes, in agreed. school? Paying attention. Yeah, because they're distracted. So they, cause they're always trying to get back to their phones, like, as soon as they can. What well, was even worse for us in high school because they gave us iPads that had messaging and Ooh. full access. Since then, they've now restricted those iPads. But back in the day, yeah. I would, yeah. they, they were, and then eventually they were like, hey, by the way, we can see all y'all's search history on those iPads. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so, well. Yeah. Careful now. That's dark right there. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's like uh, Kyler Murray getting caught not uh, studying his playbook. Yeah, they got access to it. We got time They got access to it. I also lost. broke, I think, four iPads in, in four years. Or maybe what? more than that. Yeah. I, eventually, How? my dad was like, you're just not going to have one. And I was like, oh, Do you have fair. to pay for them when oh, yeah. you break them? Oh, yeah. Oh. My kids would always break yeah. their phone. Like, I've had this phone. My phone's never broken. I don't understand. But either way, uh, you and I, Rod, went to school without cell phones. Like, we yeah, so that. I don't even know. Yes, I, I used the mirror. I was like, what was our big distraction? What were we distracted by? Writing notes in class? That was a big thing. Short you your, skirts. Yeah, you're going to say. <laughs> writing notes to that girl in the short skirt. Like, hey. <laughs> Fill this out. You like, pass this to her, man. And that in the summer dress right there. Like that. We were lucky to have a calculator. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that calculators were big. The when I came, the TI 82s or whatever it was. And you could make calculators say boobies. You could, <laughs> no, you had pagers. Ooh. That's what you had back in my day. Was pagers, Ty? You had pagers back in the day. So somebody would page you, and you could page a message. Like you, you could page "I love you," or you could page. Yeah. Boobies. How many characters oh, do you get? That's before me. I didn't. I, have that. I don't remember, but you would go to the payphone. You know what I mean? Wait. The, so does the, the page, page, did the pagers connect like cell towers? Yeah. 
Well, it just you're, you would, it would, you get a message, but there wasn't a cell phones. And, you, and you could call, you can call from a payphone and get a message. Like they would have a voicemail service. And sometimes you can call that voicemail service. Somebody left you a voicemail, and they got they paid you, let you know you had got a voicemail. Oh man! Or you paid you, let man. you know, call back this number. Call back seven one three five 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 six seven eight two. You go, okay, I gotta call back the number, and you wouldn't even know sometimes who the number was from. You're like, I gotta call it back. Who this? You're like, hey man, it's James. James, what's up, buddy? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the one I we lived in. I think I've had a pager because pagers were usually the bosses ways to get a hold of you. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I ever had a pager. We had a, it was cool to have a pager in high school in my day. So guys had multiple pagers. Like you were doing anything. But the, all the drug dealers I'm, about, had I'm pages. ten years older than you, right, Rod? Yeah. Eight or ten. Mm-hmm. Eight or nine. So I, I missed it. I never had a cell phone in school. Yeah. Never. I, uh, I'm trying to think when cell phones because I was in college. People were still using pay phones. Oh yeah. Just coming online. Oh yeah. Me. No, because in high school I didn't have a cell phone. In high school I got a cell phone. My I want to say my first year in college, basically. I had a cell phone in 99. I might have had one my senior year. I was balling my senior year. I had a job and everything, so I might have got one my senior year, but it was my senior year and then my freshman year in college. So 99 was when I got my first cell phone. It was, and it was a Nextel. Remember the chirp? I told you had you. the chirp. You would basically do a walkie-talkie. Nextel had a walkie-talkie, and anybody within a certain radius who had a Nextel, you could do the walkie-talkie feature, and it would not count against your cell oh, minutes or whatever. That's right. I remember that. I yeah, remember that. and I did that forever. I did, I did, we, had, we had actual walkie-talkies when I was a kid. Those were awesome. <laughs> they, we would break them within an hour. Same technology. Um, yeah. and like those racetracks or the, the, mm-hmm. the walkie-talkies, you'd break them and like wouldn't last a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, I told you when I was at St. Ed's, you know, all the papers I had to write, I would they would have to print out on a word processor. I would have to type them in, yeah. and then I'd have to put the paper in, and it essentially would type it. <laughs> it's like a brother or something. It's ridiculous. Uh, and I was at St. Ed's when I first learned to go online because you would go to the, uh, the the computer lab mm-hmm. and you could surf the web. Yeah. It was a big deal. What I was is like, this thing? Surf the, the web? web. <laughs> this is awesome. What am I surfing for? What is yeah. this? Yeah. Well, I was a, kind of like the sports. Illustrated. As a sports fan, I started searching for like recruiting information and all kinds of sports stuff. I'm like, this is unbelievable. It's wild, man. It's all right here. This is crazy. That is crazy. But no, I was still printing and, out on the brother word processor. <laughs> page no, after page after page. I guess, so I, I guess yeah, and we of were. Of course, I got the thing because I'm a procrastinator. The paper would be due. My ribbon would run out. Oh, no. Oh, got to go somewhere and get some more. <laughs> No oh, man, it's closed. It's closed. And uh, yes, I guess every generation is distracted by something. Every generation is distracted by. They're... So now, no mirrors because of TikTok videos. Yes, so. yeah, I guess so. Like I said, I don't get. I, I don't even have TikTok, which I, I'm, a, I'm assuming I'm gonna have to get at one point. No, don't get it. Don't get it. Okay, you don't need it. I don't have I, it. I don't think I need it. But I know more people are using it for more than just the kind of the superficial mm. teenage. TikTok videos. I find TikTok has pretty like, good you content. You can learn. Yeah, now it's, it's actually a kind of learning uh, content. There's just, content just, for you just use Instagram Reels. That's what I do. It's the same thing. I find, yeah. inst- I find TikTok more – it's got better content on it as far as sports yeah. goes. Sports and information and music stuff. I love the music stuff yeah. I get on my TikTok. I do. I do check TikTok every now and again. It's pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Go. But I don't make TikTok videos, which I need to start doing. That's where, I, that's where the money is. That's where the future is, Rod. The kids don't sure. look happy when they're making them, though. They look sad. It's like they're being forced to do them like in a ransom video or something. <laughs> Every time I see these kids, I just, I'm like, what's the expression on your face? Are you happy to do this dance? Are you excited about it? What's happening? So, I don't know. I, I, I got to get into TikTok. I got a daughter now, so I just like keeping up with. I got to stay current. Can't afford to get behind the times when you got kids. You got to stay current somewhat. So, I'm about to do that at one point, unfortunately. Yeah. Somebody said uh, cell phones weren't even practical that, that back then. Ten cents to send a text, another ten cents when you record one. It was ridiculous. Oh, man. That's why I had the chirp feature on the next show. Only, only way my mom would let me get one, I think, was because I could have the walkie-talkie feature. 
And remember back in the day you had roaming? Oh, roaming would kill you. Oh, kill you. You saw roaming, man? You had never even roaming. Yeah, to be calling, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I got a $200 actually, I, phone bill there. Actually, I was the dad. I never had, they, I, my parents never had to worry about a yeah, cell you, phone your bill. Kids are, my kids did. Yeah, and they didn't know about roaming. They're like, hey, you're roaming right now, just so you know. Yo, bro. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, now, as a parent, I did like it because I could get a hold of my kids. My wife liked it because she could track our kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, know where they were. I'm, That's true. I, I would not have liked that when I was a kid. Oh. No. I, I, my I, I left my, heartbroken. I left my phone in many a mailboxes when I was a kid to avoid the track. Smart move. Yeah, I mean, if you – In a mailbox? Yeah. Yeah, I just, if I said I was going to be somewhere, I would just go there, put my phone in the mailbox or around there. Smart and then, move, And just go without my phone for the night. <laughs> Smart man. No, that's smart because all the parents are tracking phones these days because they know kids are addicted to them. So you got to have your people, phone. I know people tracking them and if they know if their kids are speeding. Yeah, because you, yeah, like you they're driving to too fast. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, it's, and yeah. also like checking the anti- checking of grades. Did, were you, were, Aaron, were you a big checker of grades for your kids? No. Nope. No. Oh, I was, I, you know, I wanted the now, I, look, for safety, if, it was, if they were late from curfew or something, I'd check on to see where they were. But I was, and my wife and I would argue about that too because I wanted to let them have some. So, yeah, yeah some freedom and some privacy. I'm going to trust them to make it. some bad decisions. And yeah. I don't, they don't and need to. get away to. with it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because like you did. That's what yeah. kids do. Yeah. But you got to let them. Uh, but at the same time, there are some that are like, they're all, I mean, the ultimate hawks. You can't go anywhere. You can let them make the bad decision, but just so you track them so you know it. Yeah, I'm going to let you screw it up, but I just want you to know. know. I don't need you to know I know, but I'm I need to know. I'm a liberties guy, even with my own kids. I'm okay. like, you know, let them have their That's space. the worst. The, the, the worst as a kid, though, is when your parents pull you in to ask you about something, they already know what happened, and you, oh, yeah. but you try to lie. And then it's, uh, yeah, that was, I was the worst at that. And I was like, I would tell yeah. like an elaborate story, and he'd be like, well, I have the evidence that you were. Yeah, you're, <laughs> well, you're I, talked to the, I talked to the other parents, and I talked to them, yeah. just so you know. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Well, now I'm in twice <laughs> the amount of trouble I was before because I lied. I just, I just, you guys wasted a perfectly good lie. Y'all just told me what I gave in here, and I was in trouble. Uh, but don't with you on that. I, 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 I'm going to walk the line between tracking my kids and letting them make some bad decisions. Yeah, yeah let them make some. They got to learn. You got to learn. You know what I mean? So let them learn. Make some but not too bad. Not so too crazy. it got to a point. My son Nolan, who worked at the station, of course, and it sounds like when yours, he went to a hip hop concert with his buddies down on Red River. Okay. And he was still living here, so my wife was tracking him. And it was after like one. It was a late, a late night. He was old enough. I mean, he's a kid. He could get in down there. He's probably nineteen. And my wife tracked his phone to a car <laughs> oh, in a no. like in a parking lot, and it was there for a while. And she starts freaking out. Like, is he in a trunk? Somebody put him in a trunk. Why is he in a car? <laughs> And I'm like, I mean, this goes on and on, and she, we can't go to sleep. I'm like, what are we doing? And he, I'm, just, I'm sure he's fine. You know, of course, quietly, I'm kind of a little worried because now it's like two hours, and his phone is still in, in his car. City of the, in the car, okay. And it turned out that he left his, his phone, phone in the, the car, car. There you go. Because the last time he took his phone to the concert, it got broken because they he, were like slam dancing. So he was doing an irresponsible thing. Yes. Because you probably kept yelling at him like, "Hey, you keep breaking these phones." Yes. <laughs> his phone got broken by someone running into him or something. Because I guess you get in the mosh pit or something, and his phone got broken, so he left it in the car. But wow. like my wife wouldn't couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she had convinced herself that he was in the trunk. She watched too much Dateline. <laughs> yeah. I said, "Wifey, stop watching Dateline. Stop it. Stop watching." Somebody too much Dateline. bugs him. He's in the trunk. He's in the trunk. And it's we, like... we have to drive down there. And I'm like, "No, we don't." <laughs> oh, that is pretty wild, though. That's wild. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't get that bad. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't think I don't jump to worst case scenario. Oh, that, that's what moms that's what do. Yeah, moms, that's what moms think do. of the worst possible thing that could possibly <laughs> He's happen. Probably in a trunk. <laughs> She's got the duct tape on his mouth, <laughs> feet are tied together. 
<laughs> that is great. Yeah, something simple. Something simple. That's all right. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's uh, let's uh, get Rod's rant number two of the day. We're talking all things uh, championship Sunday basketball. Good stuff. Let's get Rod's rant. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Uh, Now, I've been trying to, for years, figure out, you know, a proper definition to dual-threat quarterback, and it's tough. I'm sure everybody has their own definition of what a dual-threat quarterback is. At the NFL level, I went back and forth. At one point, I I decided that a dual-threat quarterback is any quarterback that can rush for at least 400 yards in a season. I had to kind of give myself a benchmark, at least 400 yards in a season. And if that is – if I'm going to use that as the criteria for a a dual-threat quarterback, and if you look at – quarterbacks who have been able to win a Super Bowl and also rush for at least 400 yards in a season. Only two quarterbacks or actually only one quarterback has done it in the same season. Only two quarterbacks have rushed for at least 400 yards at any point in their careers all right, and won a Super Bowl. And that's Steve Young and Russell Wilson. That's it. <laughs> uh, and Russell Wilson's the only one to do it in the same season. Um, and since obviously I have going back and forth on, you know, definitely of a quarterback. Uh-oh. Breaking news? Breaking news. What we got? Uh, two minutes ago, Mr. Savea, the defensive lineman from Arizona, has committed to Texas. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. That's great news. That's great Tia Oalai Savea. That's good news. They need, they need bodies. 4 305 wonder if it means he, they kind of know who the defensive line coach is going to be. No. I, don't, I don't know if it does because he and Johnny Nansen go way, way back. Yeah, Johnny Nansen um, recruited they, him out yeah, of high school. So. He, he goes back to Johnny Nansen you know, at Arizona prior to Arizona. Um, they were together, like you said, recruited him out of high school. So, and obviously he's following Johnny Nansen here. So those two have a really special bond. And Johnny Nansen also from the uh, Pacific Island uh, poly community. And I believe also Savea from the Pacific Island po- uh, poly community as well. So they got a special bond. I don't know if that is an indicator that they know who the D-line coach is. I hope it is. But, or maybe they said we're working on it. But either way, mm-hmm. it is, didn't want to up to, up, interrupt the rant. But Tia mm-hmm. – Oalai Savea. And not only is he committed, he'll be on campus for spring. He's, he's going to enroll right now. They need him. Yep. I mean, they need him uh, yesterday. So that's much. transfer portal number nine or eight addition for Texas. Mm, Four you offensive. Got three, you got three wide receivers, a tight end. You got a DB in Makuba. You Trey got Moore. Trey Moore, the, uh, the, the edge rusher. That's six. Um, this is seven. So it's seven. I, I think there's one more. Uh, go, go, go back to the rant and I'll look it up. But the, yeah. the, that, this, that's now done for Longhorn fans to know that there is a new defensive tackle who has joined – Linebacker. Linebacker from so it's Blackshear. <clears throat> yeah, it's four and four. It's Blackshear. Yeah, it's four and four. So no, it's eight. So it's Blackshear. It's eight. There's three, three receivers, a tight end, uh, a, mm-hmm. a DB, a linebacker, a defensive tackle, and now – and the pass rusher. Yeah. And so eight. four offensive, four defensive portal additions for Texas. They need the defensive tackle badly. Uh, with the loss of Murphy and the loss of Sweat this season. Trill Carter. Uh, yeah, you forgot about Trill Carter. Chris Ross, another guy that ends up leaving. So they actually and they lost a D-line coach <laughs> yeah. who starts out was the best D-line coach in the country. So uh, that's a good get for the Longhorns. <clears throat> there you go. There's uh, the latest, you know, four and four, and Rod back to the rant. We'll friend. get to uh, talking more about that when we go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit later on in the 10 o'clock. All right. 
much. We're getting back to dual threat quarterbacks. So Steve Young is in most people's mind, known as being the, the greatest dual-threat quarterback of all time, not only because he meets the uh, criteria for being a dual-threat quarterback, uh, but also he probably achieved the most for dual-threat quarterbacks. Multiple MVPs in the regular season. Uh, he's also got a Super Bowl trophy, a Super Bowl uh, as well under his belt. So Steve Young is probably the most accomplished. And I've said this, and I said this early on the show, if Lamar Jackson does indeed win a Super Bowl this season, um, and I don't know if he'll win the Super Bowl MVP, but if he, he does end up winning the Super Bowl this year, I think he surpasses Steve Young as the most accomplished dual-threat quarterback of all time, making him the best dual-threat quarterback of all time. Now, like I said, Steve Young, he, he, he won a Super Bowl, so I think that sets him apart. <laughs> um, actually, he won three of them, but as a starter, uh, he won one Super Bowl, and he was a Super Bowl MVP and also a two-time MVP in the regular season. Lamar Jackson is about to win his second MVP in the regular season, and if they win a Super Bowl, he has a good chance he'll probably end up being the Super Bowl MVP if they do. If not, then we'll have another healthy debate. But if Lamar Jackson wins the MVP and the Super Bowl, and I guess I think he's a front runner to, to do both this season, um, here's why I think it'll put him ahead of Steve Young. Even though if he doesn't win Super Bowl MVP, Steve Young might have that edge over him. If you go look at uh, quarterbacks in NFL history who have been able to lead their team in passing and rushing – it is such a you know a small uh, group to be a, be able to uh, break into because it's just such a phenomenal feat, and you just don't see guys who are extraordinarily gifted enough to lead their team in passing and rushing at the NFL level. Uh, Fourteen players in NFL history have done it. Fourteen players have done it, and it's been done twenty-seven times. Uh, of the 14 players who have done it, Lamar Jackson this season has done it more than any other player in NFL history. He's done it now five times, not only five times, five seasons in a row. He has led the Ravens in rushing and in passing. That is crazy. <laughs> 19, 20, 21, 22, and in 2023. The next, probably the next best or at least the next most impressive of those QBs to lead their team in passing and in rushing, Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham did in 87, 88, 89, and 90. <clears throat> he led his team in rushing and passing. But his teams, they, they actually were pretty good. He had a 75 team, a 10 and 6, 11, uh, he had 11 and 5, 10 and 6. I think he did with some injuries on one of those years. So he actually got to double-digit wins being able to lead his team in rushing and passing. That is really tough to do. Most of these players who did it, um, they were not able to lead their team to double-digit wins. It's happened more and more. Uh, Cameron Newton did it uh, in 2012 and 2017. Uh, he had he had an 11-win season in 2017 doing it. Uh, Russell Wilson did it, um, and he was he had a 9 and 17 when he did it. Josh Allen did it. Josh Allen had a losing record when he did it. Uh, Jalen Hurts did it. Jalen Hurts was 8-7 and seven when he did it. Uh, Justin Fields recently done it. Justin Fields had a losing record both times he did it. Usually when a, a player is leading his team in rushing and passing, it's hero ball. And hero ball in the NFL usually ends um, in a loss or it ends with the player underachieving and with the team underachieving as a whole because they don't have enough pieces, so they got to go all in on this player. Not the case with Lamar Jackson. It, it's it's probably the most sophisticated version of hero ball we've ever seen from a team. Um, and I think that would give him the upper hand in the dual threat converse, legacy conversation with Steve Young. Steve Young never did that. He never had to. 
because Steve Young was on teams that were well-rounded teams, well-built, well-constructed teams, the 49ers, right, in the midst of their dynastic run. That is not the case for uh, the Ravens and not the case for Lamar Jackson. This will be the best team that he's on, and I think it gives him the best chance to solidify his legacy as being the greatest dual-threat quarterback in the history of football. We've never seen anything like it um, at the quarterback position. The stats back that up, and I think after this season – I predict that, hell, right now they are going to win the Super Bowl. If they do win it, he's likely going to be the MVP. Uh, and after that, he'll solidify his legacy, in my, my opinion, surpassing one Steve Young, which is hard to do. Like, nobody ever really thought, you know, you would see a dual-threat quarterback that's better than Steve Young. And I think we're witnessing one right now, Lamar Jackson. He's just that damn good. And I'm going to look this up right now before I even ask it, but how many Heisman Trophy winners have won the league MVP? Oh, that's good. That's real good. Mm. Uh, Roger Staubach. Uh, Heisman winners who are Super Bowl, are Super Bowl MVPs. Okay. Uh, that, that, that specifies. I'm talking about, about league MVP. Because the Heisman winners who won the Super Bowl MVP, Roger Staubach, Jim Plunkett, Marcus Allen, Desmond Howard. Man, that's a great question. I, the top of my head is tough. Players Cam who, Newton. Here we go. Cam Newton. That's Cam right. Cam Newton. Players who have won Heisman. the NFL MVP and Heisman. Cam Newton's a Heisman and he won the MVP. So he's one of them. Paul Horning, Roger Staubach, O.J. Simpson, <laughs> Earl Campbell. Yeah, Earl Campbell. Forgot about that one. Should Marcus Allen. See, and that's, that's how Barry you know, Sanders, Cam Newton. It's a different era because all those are running backs who did it. <laughs> yeah. That's back when running backs could win the MVP. Yeah. And running backs could win the Heisman. Now, running backs don't win the Heisman. Running backs don't win the MVP. Yeah. So in the most modern era, that's that's going to be tough to 1971 do. 1971 was Roger mm. Staubach. Went 10-0 in games he started in 1971. 104.8 passer rating. He was known as Roger the Dodger. Roger Speaking the of, Dodger, yeah. yeah dual-threat quarterbacks. Roger the Dodger back in the day. Yeah. So it's, if Lamar Jackson can do it, and he's already got the MVP, he's already done it. He's already done it. Yeah, he's already done that. But Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, he doesn't. That's that. what he's got to add to the resume. What if he adds the third? Wow. <clears throat> yeah, Super Bowl MVP is what he's got to add to the resume. Like I was say, if he does, he he surpasses Steve Young in my opinion. That's the greatest dual threat quarterback of Cam all time. Cam Newton may have gotten that Super Bowl MVP if he'd gone after that fumble a little more aggressively. Oh, Come on, Cam. That was brutal. <laughs> I, I still remember that moment. He just looked at it. It's like, Cam, what are you doing, man? Cam, man, what are you doing? Come on, man. Just, Come on, man. Show you care about it. Uh, Balls yeah. on the ground. That's when he was a sore loser, right? That's when he. That was a sore loser one. Yeah, yeah. This ended up being a uh, <laughs> iconic post game by by Cam Newton. Yeah, no, I'm a sore loser. <laughs> I'm a sore loser. Cam Cam Newton is such a comet because he was such a short time college player, right? I mean, oh yeah, so. one year, out of nowhere, and all of a sudden the- he's winning. Then he was a kind of his NFL career is pretty short, but he yeah, won, a, but- won an MVP though. It was. It was it was like it was like a Haley's comet, though. I mean, it it took over. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was, yeah. And when he was at his peak, you could argue. I don't know if there was any any player you uniquely more uniquely gifted than Cam Newton. Oh my gosh, the size, was, size, arm strength. Arm he strength. could run. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of Josh <laughs> Allen, but bigger and stronger and yeah, more athletic than even Josh Allen. And so yeah. Good stuff right there, Rod. Good stuff in the rant leads that leads to some good conversations, and it does. You know, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and what he's done through his for, you know first six years as a starter, historically great, and obviously Lamar Jackson, you know, best college player, best pro player, Man, and now a chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. That is rarefied air for a guy who nobody really wanted last summer or our spring. Weird. Yeah, didn't want him. Didn't want him at the draft initially. Remember the draft? The Ravens are brag about drafting him, but don't forget they had multiple first round picks. 
that year. Yeah, they did. And they took they took another player over Lamar Jackson. So even though they were like, ah, no, no, we chose Lamar, everybody passed on him once pretty much. They did. <laughs> Initially. And, you know, of course, we know the story. He went to the combine, and they wanted to run wide receiver routes. And uh, so he, he wears that chip pretty proudly. He should. Chip and, on the shoulder. Oh, and the one about him negotiating his own contract. Don't forget that. By the way, I did. Negotiate his own deal. Chips on the shoulder <laughs> are important in, in professional sports, in my opinion, right? you got to have it, right? Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that before the, uh, the Buccaneers played the Lions on Sunday, both they had a little they had an interview with the the two number one picks right Goff and and Baker and they both admitted that after being the number one pick and early in their career they kind of lost the chip they kind of got a little yeah. bit satisfied mm-hmm. they were like oh man I'm the man yep I'm the man and Baker lived on the chip Baker lived with the chip on his shoulder because he's a walk on a walk on man and then he had to fight the NCAA he had to you know, he had to fight everybody and all of a sudden he wins the Heisman Trophy and, and Jared Goff was kind of a you know, Tom Brady had the chip for his whole career. Joe Burrow had the chip. Joe Burrow had the chip. You got, at some point in your career, you're going to need but to But both guys, ahead of that playoff game, admitted that, yeah, they lost it a little bit. They, mm-hmm. they, they needed – and this, you know, getting let go put the chip back on their shoulder. You know, the, you know getting traded by the Rams was huge for Jared Goff. Yeah. It's like, oh, wake-up call. Yep. I mean, now I'm a bridge quarterback all of a sudden? Yep. I was just in the Super Bowl and Baker Mayfield, obviously. Same thing with his failed uh, Cleveland situation. Because remember, Cleveland, in Cleveland, he won a playoff game. He yes, beat he the Steelers. And, we, you know, he was the number one pick. So, I thought that was interesting. That the, And Lamar Jackson has it in spades. He's like, got, yeah, uh, he's got nothing but chip on his oh. shoulder. <laughs> he's like a boulder. <laughs> he's like a boulder. He's trying to push up that hill, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll talk about that. Your thoughts on Rod's rant. Also, cell phones and no mirrors in bathrooms. Plus, uh, before the end of the hour, a little round of who said that, Rod? It's a busy Tuesday. I'll hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Coming up for the top of the hour round of Who Said That? Who Said That? Got some sound for you coming up. Somebody said something that I think is interesting. I was going to save it for Who Said That, but I think it's a good conversation starter. Also, Rod, I don't know if you're, you're a big movie guy. Uh, the Academy Award nominees have been announced this morning. Oh, yeah, I just I, – I'm trying – okay, give me the best picture ones because I need to make sure I see all these. My American Fiction, these are not alphabetical. Order. I've not seen American Fiction yet. Anatomy I to, of a Fail – a Fall, Fall, sorry. Anatomy of a Fall. I have not seen that. I got Okay, I got to put that down on my list. Barbie. Seen Barbie. But uh, the beautiful Margot Robbie or Greta Gerwig were not nominated for Best Actress and or I'm not surprised director. by that. It wasn't great acting in it. No it but it was uh, the plot was really, really creative. Her acting creative. was actually better in, uh, what is it, the Quentin Tarantino film that she was in with Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, before uh, Hollywood. Uh, 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 yes. It's, uh, I forgot the name Once of it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She Take was great in that, I thought. She was, oh, yeah, she was really, she was great. I, Tanya was, I think, oh. some of the best work she's ever done. Yeah. You gotta, if you haven't seen that. That was that really fantastic. believable. It was. Uh, every time I see I, Tanya, because it's been on a lot on HBO, so I'll just watch it for 10 minutes. Uh, actually, I'll watch it for three minutes during commercials, because that's what I do when commercials come on and change the channel. Um, the, you just, you just, they did such a good job with the buffoons, the Jeff Galuli They characters. did. They and you're did. like, these guys are the big. This, this story was so big, and these are the biggest buffoons Morons. in the world. <laughs> They're just like, imbeciles. It was like they would really try to hatch out this, uh, this complicated scheme. You wouldn't believe yeah. it. It was like, no, it was, they did a great job with that movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Yeah, and she does a good job. Yeah. Uh, so, Barbie, The Holdovers. The uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I suggest watch that one. That was good. To. That's it's worth a watch for you. Uh, yeah. Maestro, which was the, is the. It's on Netflix right now, and I haven't watched. It. I got it on my. Queue. Oh, it is. Okay, I'm about to watch that. It's on Netflix. You That's can go Bradley watch Cooper. It. Yes. Bradley Cooper. You know, who takes on the role of. Um, 
the yeah, composer of Leonard Bernstein, yes. right? Good job. Yeah. Uh, biopic, and I'm about to see that because you know Bradley Cooper when he hit fame coming out on um, you know The Hangover mm-hmm. really burst into fame, but he's I mean from the American Sniper to you know Silver Lining Playbooks to the the Lady Gaga film where he plays the the singer Stars Born uh, Stars Born yeah. and now he's I mean he's pretty versatile no he is he's very versatile that's right I thought he was just a, a good looking guy he's serious no my my number one trait uh, that I like with, with actors is range and he's got it oh sure he's got range uh, yeah. Oppenheimer of course past lives poor things the zone of interest those are your ten best picture now um oh say the, the last three again. Past Lives, I haven't seen Poor Things, Damn. Poor Things is the Emma Stone film, uh, okay. The Zone of Interest. Man, I got some work to do then. I've only seen like three, three of those things. Well, it's not till March 10th. I, tru- I, I try to make football it. Football season's almost over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I really, I try to make it an annual thing that I see all the Best Picture nominees at well, what, one point before the Academy. Well, then I, I usually get my pick. And I want to say I've been right about Best Picture three out of the last four years. Like, I, I nail it every time. So far, would you be leaning Oppenheimer based on what you've seen Oppenheimer so far? Oppenheimer is where I'm leaning right now. Like I said, I haven't seen the rest of them. Oppenheimer's a strong. It's going to be hard to beat out Oppenheimer. It was fantastic. You should. Well, you still have. I'm going to see that. You I'm going to try to see as many out, as man. I can. So I, I do want to see Killers of the Flower Moon for sure. It's really good, man. Leonardo DiCaprio and Rob De Niro, they, they're awesome. <laughs> All right. So those are out this morning, just FYI. Uh, if you're looking for that. Oh, yeah. I always look for that, though. And, you know, this is we're about to the time. We only have two more football weekends, y'all. Two more real football weekends. It's time to catch up. Championship Sunday and mm-hmm. Super Bowl Sunday. It's about, you know, and then it's going to be that February of, you know, five hours of radio will be a lot of fun, Rod. We'll be having, talking about pay phones and things. But, uh, you know. <laughs> spring football. <laughs> spring football. We'll be previewing spring, spring football. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll find stuff to talk about. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But uh, it's, it is a good time to, because your weekends are less occupied by college and pro football. And your wife knows that. Oh, yeah. So, so oh, we'll you're sitting watching significant uh, other. some they, movies and stuff. They also want some quality time. You need some shows? Yeah, we can do that. I've actually been catching up on some, some really good shows, too. So I can give some people some recommendations. Right. We can do that. Uh, I have watched the first two episodes of the new True Detective, and it's weird. I have not. I'm saving it. Save it. It's weird. Like, it's it weird. Is, it almost might be too weird. Weird good? Because the first one was weird. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, very weird. Woody, those are very weird, but it was weird in a good way. It's, it's, it's groovy It's weird. almost over-the-top weird, but oh, you'll, you will know, to, to each his own. Do you but, like the acting? So it's Jodie Foster. Oh, do you like the acting? That's what I'm saying. Do it's Jodie like Foster. So she kills it? She, okay. I mean, she's great. I mean, but you, you can't watch it because she's playing a cop. So it's like you immediately think of uh, Silence of the Lambs, where she's like investigating something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was long ago. Yeah, <laughs> so she's investigating, but she's she's a rough character. It just like I mean, any, any true detective, but certainly with the first one with McConaughey and oh, and Woody Harrelson, they're they're rough around the edges. Rough. Okay. And, they, and she they, it's based in Alaska, a place called Ennis, Alaska, which is way up there. So, by the, so the location is the character in itself. Big time. Yeah, okay. big time. Yeah. And, it, and it's taking place during the like month of darkness where the sun never comes up. Like the sun sets and uh, it's dark. That's, for, I like that. That's so, creepy. So that's real creepy. That's creepy in a good way. Yeah. Uh, so the, 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 it is absolutely a character. But it's weird. It's really weird. But so far, you'll have to, you'll have to check it out. I can't wait. I'm sh- I've been waiting because I don't want to watch it in, in snippets. You know, I'm going to tell my wife, hey, wait till we can sit down and watch the whole damn thing and I yeah, have the baby interrupt better. us, that kind of stuff. So we want to watch it all yeah, together. Yeah, so you got you to invest. I want to focus. Yeah, because the, the the writing in True Detective is so important because the dialogue and everything. You want to catch every little thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is time to occupy your weekends with Longhorn Tennis. Also, spring football fantasy mock drafts. Yeah, we'll do all that. We'll do, we've got five hours, y'all. 
We do five yeah, we hours got, a day, five yeah, days a week. We got plenty of time. <laughs> we'll get to it. We will have plenty of time for that. that Before we get to who said that, right, I wanted to tell you who said this and play it for you because I think it's – because we're going to be talking about the Cowboys, you know, Dan Quinn possibly moving on, interviewing with Washington. The, the ad nauseum conversation about the Cowboys, it, you know, whether it was Tony Romo's the problem, now it's Dak Prescott's the problem. We all know it centers around Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm and the hierarchy and the lack thereof and the chain of command that lacks. I wanted to play this because this, uh, this was uh, Marcus Spears. Marcus Spears. Listen like to Marcus him. Spears from yes, ESPN yeah. talking about everything we're talking about. And for folks who hear me talk about the chain of command and don't think it's a big deal, listen to Marcus Spears because he spent eight years in Dallas and then he moved to a different organization. Mm-hmm. And here's his description of uh, the difference between one and the other. I was fortunate enough to play for another organization after spending eight years in Dallas. I went and played for the Baltimore Ravens where Ozzie Newsom was the general manager. Harbaugh was the head coach, and I saw Steve Bashotti twice yep. in eight months, yep. okay? Stop telling me about coaches. The coach that coaches for Dallas comes in at a deficit. Wow. They come in yep. Yep. with all of this stuff that they shouldn't have to deal with That's that they got to focus on before they even start coaching football. So whether it's Pram or Mike McCarthy or Bill Belichick or Jesus, <laughs> Jerry Jones is going to be there with the same type of culture that's yep. being created because it's being created by the guy that writes the checks True. and he can do what he wants to do. True. All right, there we go. I think that's a, a former yeah. player because people, you know, whatever we talk about it, people text me and say, come on, you know, Jerry's – nobody yeah. wants to win more than Jerry. He does. He, there's no question about it. But that's, that is illustration A uh, of, of when you go to a good organization, which Baltimore has been, you have a general manager, you have a head coach, and you barely see the owner. Barely see him. And to that point, I, I think Jerry Jones does want to win. He wants to win his way. That's exactly right. And football and life are constant struggles deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be. And that billionaire has had things the way he wants them. And, by the way, he's been brilliant at it on the business side. Um, and he's had, had it his way for a long time. But in the NFL, <laughs> he's not going to be able to do it his way. He's got Nobody to, gets to do that. Nobody gets to do it. You've got to do it the right way. It takes what it takes. It's going to take you hiring a football person at the top to be the GM and then letting them make football decisions by hiring the head coach, having them being aligned and hiring and, and picking the right quarterback, and then building the culture from there. And unfortunately, and then, by the way, making hard decisions in the process and having vision about the future of the organization. This is all things the GM is supposed to be within their scope as a GM. Um, and for Jerry Jones, I think at times he's distracted by being the, the, the owner and being the GM. It blurs the lines. I mean, and that's yeah. what a chain of command's about. Exactly. That's, that's why it's important. You don't blur the lines. The GM's job is the GM's job. Checks and balances, baby. And the coach's job is the coach's yeah. job, and they don't cross. They talk. They communicate. Cause they're, and then they check one another. They check on one another. Yeah. Right, 100%. But that is what lacks in Dallas. And if you want to, you know – ask yourself why it's been 30 years since they've had success that that's, would be the reason that's, that's the common the denominator no matter who the coach or the quarterback is uh, we go round and round talking about Dak or Trump Romo or you know McCarthy or Garrett it doesn't at the end of the day we know it goes to the top and he does want to win but I think you just said it perfectly he wants to do it his way uh, so there's Marcus Spears I thought that was pretty good that hey we'll good. come back we'll come back we'll play some who said that rod including uh, some somebody you, you need to know because the Longhorns are going to run into him tonight. Let's hook him up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. 
Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the Horn. Ooh, and this land. It's time for WST. Who said that? Who said that? Every morning, just before 10 o'clock, in our final segment of the 9 o'clock hour, into our fabulous fifth. What do you have for me, and who said that audio from around the sports and other landscapes? Hey, Ty, sent you uh, a video, sent you a piece of audio. I DM'd it to you, so whenever you pull that up, we can play Who Said That? You know, obviously, we're going to try to feed a hot hand, look for a hot hand. But at some point, we got to get back to making the right play. We got to get back to doing the right things. Um, and, um, you know, that's just, uh, like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. A lot of ways to be immature. I don't know who that is, Rod. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the the roster, we totally disrespected the game ourselves, um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So, Chris, did did you also see? I mean, did it turn into Carl trying to hunt like a absolutely a, a big number? And- yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, but for a while, I mean, it was going. Um, but you know, down the stretch, we you got you know kind of dried up for us. But um, yeah, so. There you go. Gino, that is the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, Chris Finch, who said he was disappointed with his team tonight and essentially insinuated or implied that his team, they were trying to get Cat the record, uh, the scoring record. Instead of winning the game. The franchise record, yeah. Their, their priority was getting him the franchise scoring record rather than them trying to win the game. He said we totally disrespected the game. So that's what he's – He's implying. Well, because we talked so, about it. Joel Embiid scored 70 last night, mm-hmm. but they beat the Spurs by 10. Carl Anthony Towns scored 62, but they lost. 62, yeah, lost to the Charlotte uh, to Charlotte last night. And Charlotte's not good. That was his career. Uh, he did have a career high, though, almost the most points in T-Wolves history. And he believes, the coach, I think he believes somebody in the organization told the players how close Cat was to the franchise record. And that they start, instead of trying to get the dub, they started trying to get him the record. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's not a good look. For your head coach to say that, he probably should have kept that to himself. Yeah. Say that to the players in the locker room. Don't say that to the media. It's kind of like Dennis Allen with the Saints saying, that. yeah, I didn't call that play, and they called it on against me. I mean, they, they went ahead and did that quarterback sneak. Yeah, it only makes you look bad. Don't, you don't sound like you're in very much in control here. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, that's not a good look. You know, Charlotte's 10-31. and 31. Ooh. Charlotte's not good. Yes, yeah, so you should. Oh, yes, yeah, so you should have been able to do both <laughs> against Charlotte then. You should have to get the record and beat the Charlotte, uh, Charlotte so that's on you. Yeah. Well, and Minnesota's the best team in the West. I mean, they're 30 and 13. Okay, well, that's <laughs> – yeah. So now we got framing a very different context here. Yeah, like we're really good. And you guys are trying to get a record for Carl Anthony So that's, that's why he's upset there. He's I get like, it. Guys. All right, who said this, Rod? I think you'll know who this is. For me, I think just throughout the entire year, I've grown just with communication, just amongst staff, communication amongst the entire building, making sure everybody is aligned in what we're, what we're doing, our vision. Uh, that, that was the biggest thing for me. It's different, of course, when you just focused on one position or one side of the ball, but just being able to make sure everybody in the entire organization is on the same page. It took growth to get there, and I think ended up in a really Oh, is that D'Amico? That is. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's... D'Amico Rhines. Man, D'Amico, I'm telling you, he's a star. 
right now. I'm saying the stuff that they're saying about. As a matter of fact, I just DM this to to my man Ty, so we'll see if he can get it quick enough. Um, with the next one, with the next, who said that? This player um, is a player talking about D'Amico. If we could pull that up, Ty, at least I gave you a really nice hint as to who it could be. But just listen to what they say about D'Amico. Who said that? Who said Do you think you can play today and beat him one-on-one? Bro, you want me to be real? Yeah. Trey Williams. That's something Okay, that's something else. This Give me a second. is the I'll one I – Okay, my bad, Ty. I sent them two. I, I DM'd them one, but I also uh, texted you one, too. That actually is a really funny clip about something else that I want to get your thoughts on. Not in who said that, because who said that won't do that clip justice. We'll pick that up on the other <laughs> we'll side. We'll pick that up on the other side in the 10 o'clock hour. All right, who said that? I don't usually rank my all the head coaches I've ever had. But, man, he show up there, I tell you, bro. Like, he got he might be number one, bro. Overcoat saving, dog. Like, bro, like. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, but like, <laughs> wow! Who said that? Who said that's Will Anderson? Will Anderson saying he'll take D'Amico. He might be number one over Nick Saban. I'm like, hold up, what? 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 I and I think what he's talking about is just the the information and the knowledge of ball. I think people are shocked to find out how much ball D'Amico Ryan knows, and the way that the stuff that he's telling these guys, the stuff that he's coaching up on, how it comes to fruition and materializes on the field real time like he did with Christian Harris. And I played that clip earlier of uh, him telling oh, yeah. Christian Harris, hey, step in front of it, look this way, do this, do that, and I guarantee you'll get the pick, and it happened. Well, the next play. And then player after player um, will say, we'll have their own story of that. Yes. He did that with me too. Yeah. This one on Mike. <laughs> yes. He told me this is going to happen and it happens. No, that's – Look, you got to start with how much you care, Ooh. right? That you care about them, and then they then they care how much you know. That's high praise. But man. this guy knows a lot Ooh. about ball. And you you had all the quotes of, you know, he was the captain immediately. J.J. Watt, you yeah. know, just followed yeah. his lead. Uh, everyone knew he was going to be a coach uh, just because he was a coach on the field. We hear that cliche a lot, but he literally was. He was. Yeah. He was playing again because he wasn't a very big linebacker run. Nope. And he wasn't the fastest linebacker. Mm-hmm, but he was a hell of a linebacker. He's like not- Christian Harris, their third round, he's a 4-4 guy. Miko Ryan's never ran four four in his wildest dreams. <laughs> yeah, he had to uh, he had to think do, ahead of time. Got to do more with less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll come back. We'll pick up the fabulous fifth hour. That's good stuff. Texans excited. Cowboys. Uh, you have to get uh, family members sniping at uh, Dak Prescott. This isn't good. We'll get to all that. Plus, uh, Rod's going to play that other who said that, and we'll get some Longhorn basketball. Big game tonight, north of the Red River. We'll preview it next.